to another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. I always forget to, who always forgets to turn his phone off vibrate on the podcast. And uh, anyways, uh, we're back again for another week. It is week 14. Uh, you know, it is fantasy playoff week. Uh, it is official. It is here. We have made it, which is um, both a good and a bad thing because that means we only have a few more weeks of uh, football left, at least uh, regular season football left. Uh, this week, this year has flown by per usual. That's what happens every single year. And then we sit around and hate our lives and discuss and uh, bicker back and forth all off season about which takes are right and which takes are wrong until the next year begins again. So here we are again. It is week fourteen, but uh, I had a horrible uh, week for uh, week thirteen. Got booted from the old uh, playoffs, which um, was brutal because I had the most uh, points in the league, but I did not make the playoffs because this league is horseshit. And uh, <laughs> so, but it is what it is. Uh, how was your week? It was all right, man. Uh, talk a little bit before the pod started and. Both uh, my wife and my one-year-old are sick right now, but I did make the the playoffs in I think it was eleven of my fifteen leagues. So hopefully those don't don't end up being uh, one and dones, and I can turn some of those into into straight cash, homie. So that's the that's the hope, man. But yeah, my my DFS week wasn't that great, and the little betting I did didn't turn out too well either. But like you said, it's the it's the fantasy playoffs. Another week is here, and time to time to move on, man. Can't can't keep looking in the rear view. Yeah, forward thinking show. So again, you can find me on Twitter at fantasy rat thirteen. My name is Kevin Steele, and my co-host, which I did not say, is Cody Kutzer. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at c Kutzer ff. But if you are watching live, uh, you can go ahead and drop any questions, or uh, you know, I guess since it is Tuesday night, you can drop any waiver questions you may have, or start sit questions for the lustrous week fourteen because. Uh, the time is now, and we are hoping to lock up some fantasy championship, win some money. Um, and if you hey, if you have been kicked out, or you get kicked out next week or the week after and don't win, jump in and play some DFS. DFS is a good time. Um, and I've you know been playing for the last I think six years, five or six years. Uh, I'm kind of a DJ now, and I play every sport, and NASCAR, and hockey, and MMA, and everything else. It gets wild. Jesus. Or no, not hockey. I shouldn't say that. I don't play hockey, but NBA, I do play. Um, Anyways, but uh, you know, I had a couple of my a couple of friends from home, you know, they were talking about football yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, why don't you play some DFS?" And they all signed up, and they're gonna check it out. 
you know, it's a good time. Don't have to worry about injuries and everything else. And every week is a new puzzle. So, um, you know, if you want to do that, you can check out our DFS DJ Nation podcast that we do every week as well. Anyways, uh, let's just uh, jump right into the week. Uh, some quick news and notes we have for this week. Uh, one, uh, you know, after Daryl Williams, I looked like, honestly, I thought it was an Achilles injury. I looked brutal. It turns out to be not as bad as what they think. But he, he, uh, Andy Reid said uh, yesterday that it, it would be uh, a long shot to consider uh, Daryl Williams to play. And David Williams, who's also banged up. So the Chiefs signed Spencer Ware today. I know a lot of people were upset because there are certain truthers out there who think that this was Darwin Thompson's season. But to be fair, like, I thought Darwin Thompson looked okay. Like, it was, like it's the end of the game. It was mop-up. I, I know the Raiders have taken out some of their I don't know. Like, like he went 11 for 44. Like, people are acting like he went out and rushed for 120 or something like that, you know? Like, I think it was promising. And, I, you know, the, the Chiefs really haven't been able to run the football all year. But, like, I don't know. I think some of the hype that, that he's gotten this week is a little bit ridiculous. And not to mention, they already have a running back actually on the which – which I was surprised that they actually went out and signed Spencer Ware because they, they actually brought in Elijah McGuire last week, who they were really talking up and actually tried to sign him over the offseason this past year uh he ended up going to the browns practice squad because he has a relationship i think with the running back coach um there in cleveland but the chiefs ended up signing him off their practice squad and placed him on their practice squad so i actually thought he was going to be the guy that was going to get called up um which i mean he showed some flashes with the jets but i think he would be a nice fit in this offense and andy Reid really talked him up last week about all the things he could do so i was somewhat surprised that spencer ware um got signed but I don't know. I mean, did you? I, I don't. What, what are your thoughts on Darwin Thompson? Yeah, I mean, like like you, um, I didn't get to see too much of that, but I saw all the all the Darwin truthers coming out and talking about how good he looked and explosive and everything else. And then I, you know, like you, I saw the eleven for forty four line, and I was like, I mean, was there something called back? Like, did I? Did I did I miss something? But I think this also goes back to preseason. You know, I mean, people see him in the preseason. He looks the way he did in the preseason. Now he finally gets his chance. Like you're, like it took injuries to both the Williams for him to for him to get on the field, and they obviously don't feel that comfortable because, like you said, they went out and got Spencer Ware. So, I mean, and as soon as Damian Williams comes back, I mean, has, um, has there been anything about the about how long term uh, Daryl Williams' injury is going to be? Because obviously that's just going to muddy everything right back up. I, I think when I think once it does, I think most likely uh, once Damian Williams returns, I think Spencer Ware probably gets cut. Um, I think it's just a short term deal here. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like uh, he's not somebody I'm going to run out and grab this week. Like they're not going to all of a sudden turn to him and give him some big workload. Spencer Ware can step right in. He knows this offense. Obviously, he's been here. Uh, multiple years with Andy Reid, so he needs no time to get ready. I mean, he was just here last year, so no. I mean, Darwin Thompson is not a priority ad or anything like that for me this week, or you know, somebody that I would even consider starting in my opinion. Now that they've brought in Spencer, where if it wouldn't have been, I might have considered it because um, if you know, like Lashawn McCoy, like it does not seem to be really in favor with Andy Reid right now um, because like he continually gets like limited opportunity. And they're really just kind of a three-way split. with, And just same as it was last week. I mean, Daryl was getting a lot of opportunity, Daryl Williams, before he got hurt. So, yeah, this isn't, a, this isn't a good situation for any fantasy running back right now. Yeah, I mean, as far as waivers go, I would rather add 
Madison right now than Darwin Thompson. I mean, he he would be the guy who I would be prioritizing this week, even though they came out and said, I mean, Dalvin said that he would be ready for this week, but there's really no reason for them to rush him back against what they have, the, the lines this week. Um, and especially a shoulder injury like that, like that's running backs are going to get hit 99% of the plays. You know what I mean? So it's, that's, that's just something where, and we were, me and you were texting back and forth whenever that was happening. And, you know, you could see Dalvin cook laying on the ground, just crying. Yeah. I mean, like at least that's what it looked like to us. So like you got to figure if he went into that, uh, into that game with that shoulder injury, went down, he was crying, went on the sideline, like obviously didn't come back in. Madison is the one who I'd be adding right now over Darwin for sure. No, I completely agree. Um, I just don't think there's a lot there with with, uh, Darwin Thompson. I honestly don't think that from just hearing Andy Reid talk in press conferences, it doesn't sound like that he sold on Darwin Thompson, especially at his size. Like I don't think he's somebody that he views as somebody that they would ever use as like a a true feature back. Like I, I just don't think that you can really trust that. And so if you can't, then you know I don't think he's somebody that you want to roster, especially week fourteen when you're in the playoffs, right? Like like this isn't the time to do that. I do think actually uh, a good segue um, would be uh, a question we just had. Any advice on San Francisco running backs? This is this is another tough situation to be in as well because you know as we saw this week, Raheem Mostert who really I mean exploded this week had had a really big week for them um, against a pretty good Baltimore uh, run defense. And you know it, it's like I was never high on the Tevin Coleman thing anyway because heading into the season like we saw him last year in Atlanta and he when he had the the backfield basically to himself and was like very meh. And then heading into this year, like, so, like, but this year, like, this has been one of the best running situations to be in because they run the ball so much. But in my opinion, like, I think he's, I I think he must be at least interesting because he is, he is used as a pass catcher. Now, are are we going to get got again like we do so often with these guys where you go and pick them up and think that these are the guys and then next week they get four, four attempts? Because we also still have um, Jeff Wilson that's still there, Tevin Coleman, and then, you know, when is Breida? Yeah, for sure. I think something that was promising as far as that goes is the fact that they did basically just put – they put Coleman on the bench. You know what I mean? They they just let uh, Raheem run that. And outside of, what was it, week eight against Carolina where he had three, four touchdowns, he has only had over double-digit fantasy points. Uh, Tevin Coleman, this is um, three times all season, so he hasn't looked good. Uh, Mostert and Brita have definitely looked better and been more explosive and had those big chunk plays. I think Mostert is worth a stash right now. Got to figure Brita comes back and he gets involved, but this is this is one of those situations where I would I would stash Raheem. But I wouldn't be in any in any rush to start him next week, especially if Brita comes back. I mean, if they if they hold Brita out again, I definitely think you you could start uh, Raheem. But if if all three are back and like Jeff Wilson, like you said, he's he's always he's always in the mix to get one touch that he turns in. Like what he had that game winning catch just what two three weeks ago, something like that. So it's a mess. But I I would stash Raheem. Wouldn't be in any rush to start him unless we get the obviously the news that they're going to hold Breed out again, but he seems to be close to to coming back. So Coleman is just gonna he's just gonna sit on your bench at this point. I mean he might he might even be droppable 
Yeah, I mean, so because we're, we're at the point now in the season where almost everybody is at least somewhat of a candidate to drop. Like, I mean, it depends on who they are, obviously. But um, I guess I should say, like, those mid-level guys, guys like that, like Tevin Coleman, like you can drop Tevin Coleman at this point um, if you had to. And because, I mean, what, what, what are you what are you risking? You know, I mean, there's only a couple of weeks left. You're, you pretty much are in, you know, do whatever you can to win mode. Um because there is no really next week for you. It's no nothing's guaranteed anymore. So I think now, like you, you, you truly switch to, in my opinion, that like where you kind of play this as like we say in D- DFS, like we've said in the past, like you, you play very, you, you just play a high upside here, because um, that's all you're trying to do is get a W. Um, I mean, looking at the, at Mosera's, some of his advanced metrics, like he actually has been pretty solid this year. If you look at some of the stuff that he's done, um, I mean, he's number one in. Uh, True yards per carry, number one in yards per touch, uh, number three in breakaway run rate. So I mean, he's done. He's he's been pretty. Uh, I mean, in terms of efficiency, I mean, it's everything you kind of want to see. And he's on a team or on a on a team who runs the second most run plays per game. So uh, and even his work. I mean, even his uh, his athletic metrics are are pretty encouraging. I mean, he runs a 95th percentile 40 yard dash around 4.42. His burst score is 96th percentile. Agility score is 74th percentile. So. I mean, there's a lot to like here. All, the only problem is, I mean, he's 27 years old, so I mean, I'm not expecting this to all of a sudden turn into something for next year. But I mean, at least for now, uh, you know, like you said, if Brita is out, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that uh, I would view Mostar as at least a, a flex option this week. Yeah, since that Week Eight game, Coleman hasn't had over 40 yards rushing in any of his games, and the most targets he's had all year is four. So, I mean, you, you can safely move on from Col. From Coleman, pick somebody up like the aforementioned uh, Alexander Madison and just swing for the fences and go upside. Because if you've made it to the playoffs, you haven't been counting on Coleman. So there's no reason for you to hold on to him at this point if there's someone that can give you higher upside on your on your bench. Yeah, I mean, we've seen and too. If you look at um, Mosera as well, like, I mean, the last week was the first week he's had over, uh, well, the, excuse me, the second week. Um, that he's had a snap share over fifty percent. I mean, he had he handled sixty six percent of the snaps last week. The week before, he had thirty three percent against Green Bay, but he did score double digit fantasy points, scored thirteen point seven, uh, basically because he had um, yeah he did find the end zone in that game. And then the week before, he also had fifty one played fifty one percent of the snaps. But um, and, and really, I mean, every time they've given him opportunities, really he's produced well. I mean, if you remember, you go back to that week two game against Cincinnati where he had thirteen carries and he also had four. He received four targets, only played 44% of the snaps, but he had 24.1 um, fantasy points, which was his most that he scored all year. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's a, I think he's at least a decent flex option this week. Okay, so another question we have. Any consideration to sitting Mahomes for Tannehill, Donald, or Minshew? Uh, so here's the thing. I, I get it because, like, I, like honestly, like Ryan Tannehill um, is actually what I was going to talk about, but, I mean, we got the question now, so I'll go ahead and answer it. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been a monster uh, since he's really taken over, right? Like I should say, yeah. I mean, he's been strong. Uh, he's been QB seven over his last five games. He scored 10, eight, 10 touchdowns, seven pass, three rushing. He's sixth in average depth of tar- average depth of target, sixth in rushing yards, and fifth in adjusted completion percentage over over the over the last five weeks. I mean, he's been solid, and um, he gets a great matchup against Oakland, so I get it. But he, the thing is, is that. Tennessee is still a rush first offense and I don't think they're going to need to open up the playbook against against the Raiders and so I think that you know with with the way especially the way Derrick Henry has been just 
eating the war, you know, just eating the last what? I mean, the last couple of weeks, especially. But I don't think they're going to really need to open up the playbook here. Like they're going to, you know, I, I don't think. I think that I think the Raiders uh, are are toast, and I think that I could see the Titans uh, hammer them as well. And so I think they're going to see a, a team that continues to run the ball. Now, the biggest question I think this week for a lot of people, especially with it being the first week of the fantasy playoffs, is what are you doing with Patrick Mahomes? People are going to be concerned with the Patriots defense, especially in Foxborough. And to be honest with you, Pat, Pat Mahomes hasn't necessarily looked like Pat Mahomes that we saw earlier in the year, right? He's not out there throwing, dropping 400 yards passing and three or four touchdowns. I mean, last week he only had 175 yards and a touch. I can tell you what my opinion is. What is your thoughts this week on Pat Mahomes? This is one of those ones where, I mean, we had the we have the talk and debate earlier this season about you know the the start the start your studs kind of mantra, but this is one of those things where if I had somebody like Mahomes on my fantasy team, I'm not rostering a second quarterback, and I'm sure as hell not picking somebody up off the waivers and starting him. It's it's not a great matchup, but I mean we've seen this uh, New England defense. Um, kind of exposed uh, a couple of times. And if there's anybody in the league that can do it just based on passing alone, it's going to be Mahomes. So like with, with those other, I, the Tannehill would be the only one I would consider. Uh, Donald's been two up and down. He's had a bunch of, a bunch of good games in a row. Then he had that absolute dud last week. And Minshew, like it's not like he has a great matchup either. I think they have the chargers this week. So it's not like he's somebody like he's going up against like a Tampa Bay or somebody like that. So, I mean, I I, I get it with the, the matchup and with how well Tannehill's been playing. And I do like Tannehill this week, but I, I couldn't start any of them over over Mahomes. Yeah, so I, I'm in the same position, right? Like, or, or I'm in the same of the same mindset. Like, if I was going to consider it, it would be for Tannehill, just because this matchup is so good. And if the Raiders are able to keep keep it close, you could see him throw more. Like, if you look at Tannehill's numbers, uh, really since taking over since I guess week six. Uh, so I mean, he's basically put up 19, 19, 23, 16, the big, huge 32-point performance that he had against the Jaguars, and then 13. So but for the most part, I mean, he's kind of giving you that 19 to 20 fan, which is fine. Like, that doesn't kill you. Like, you're perfectly okay with that. I, I just don't think that, like I said, like I don't think that you're going to see that, that – unless the Raiders are able to come out and kind of turn things around and get some points on them, like that's the, that's the only way it's going to happen because I'm not concerned at all with, 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 with that side of the football. But for me – like so, so here, so my my thing is with with Mahomes is I think that he turns out to be. I think this is a game where the Chiefs won. Uh, they don't need this game, but I think this is like a statement game for them, especially with last year losing twice to them, getting kicked out of the playoffs by the Patriots. Uh, if the Patriots, if the Chiefs have any hope of getting a, a home field advantage, they they need this win. Um, to at least have any hope with it because uh, they are tied with the Texans, so the Texans would drop one more. Um, and then depending on what happens with the Bills game uh, with the Patriots. So the, this is a game that they need. But I, I feel like that we saw last week kind of a blueprint, if you will, on how you beat the Patriots, right? Uh, especially with their defense because they've been doing it all year. Well, you have to have speed to be able to beat that, and that's what the, the, te- the Texans were able to do last week against the Patriots, and the Chiefs have that. There's not a team in this league that has more speed than what the Chiefs do, right? Like uh, Tyreek and McCole Hardman. I think you see a lot more McCole Hardman this week than you typically we have on, on, on other weeks. 
to kind of open things up as well for Mahomes. And I think this is a monster week for Mahomes. I think you don't see I don't think you're gonna see Mahomes throw for 175 yards. I think that had a lot to do with the fact of game script that the Chiefs just went out and destroyed the the, the Raiders, that they, he didn't have to throw the ball. And so I mean they were up twenty one nothing quickly because Derek Carr threw multiple turnovers. They had to pick six. So like he just he just didn't need to throw the ball. So I, I'm I'm running Mahomes because I think this is a week like I said, I, I think this is another week where we can see the Patriots lose again because I think the Chiefs have all the pieces to be able to beat them. Yeah, for sure. I think, this is, like you said, uh, the speed aspect. This could also be one of those things where we see a bunch of you know, pre-snap motion and the pop passes that shouldn't really count as passes, but you know, uh, Tyreek or Hartman could easily take one of those and turn that into a 20, 30-yard touchdown. And you know, I think we see a, a couple more things like that. So... Yeah, man, I'd, I would just roll, roll Mahomes in that one. So another question we got: uh, Who would you flex in standard scoring? Uh, Shark, Marlon Mack? Is that yeah, Mack and uh, Devin Singletary? I'm not. Is Matt, Marlon Mack has, has he been? Is he going to be back this week? I know I read earlier. I think it was yesterday that they weren't really sure what was gonna, if he was. They were going to monitor him and check to see how his hand was. So yeah, I think I saw something where he was coming close, or not coming close, but he was at least. Um, is at least practicing, um, but even even if he does play, like that's that's still not a great matchup going going up against Tampa Bay. Even though he has been running a decent amount of routes, he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been targeted all that much in the passing game. Out of those three, again, Chark, Marlon Mack, or Singletary against Baltimore, uh, I'm going to go Chark there. With Minshew back, that was his boy early in, early in the year. Um, it's not a not a super difficult matchup, and uh, I mean Minshew's obviously in there for a reason. So, give me give me Chark out of those three, even in standard. You thinking about Singletary? <clears throat> that would be the other the other way I would go. Like I wouldn't mess with Marlon Mack, even if he was healthy against this Tampa Bay run defense. Um, it's it's been that good. This year, um, there's a lot of studs that you don't really want to play against them. And so playing somebody like that, like I just can't do it. And so especially coming off a hand injury, even if he is back this week. So it really would come down to Singletary or Shark. Um, it's tough because so with the Chargers now, the Chargers now have Derwin James back. And they also got, I believe, Adrian Phillips back in their secondary. So now that, that secondary is back to where you kind of want it to be. And so... Um, like it, that's not as easy of a matchup as maybe you would have thought uh, weeks prior, but I do think that I, I think that it's still probably uh, DJ Shark just based on matchup. Uh, though I the thing that has me because it's, it's standard. Um, that's that's basically where I lean with because I mean you have Josh Allen out there who's who's running. Uh, I think he has like six or seven rushing touchdowns this year. Um, who's kind of snipe away from that. Then you also have Frank Gore. So with it being a uh, standard scoring, a non-PPR league, I, I would have to go Shark. Yeah, I mean, Shark could, I mean, easily get, if if Shark scores a touchdown oh, and gets, what, 60 yards, something like that, like Singletary getting 12 points, like as, as much as we like him and as good as we think that he is, like he's, he's still disappointed a little bit and he has to get it in chunk plays. And like you mentioned, Josh Allen is always going to be going to be there to take away some of those rushing attempts and Pappy Gore. So 
think charts to play there. I agree. Okay, so let's move on a little more of the news that we have here. Andy Dalton led the led the old Bengals to their first win of the season. You just love to see it, don't you? You just love to see it. Andy Dalton, you know, comes back uh, and uh, you know dusts them off and uh, gets a dub. So that that was good to see. Good to see. And I think uh, he is uh, going to continue being the starter there. So. Um, I think that that spells good things moving forward, at least for the last couple of weeks with guys like Auden Tate or uh, Tyler Boyd. So anyways, it was good to see that. And then Austin Hooper actually resumed practicing today. So that was uh, encouraging. And um, so he may actually be back this week, which he gets a pretty solid matchup against the Panthers. So, you know, we kind of saw Jaden Graham last week had a pretty pretty good week on Thanksgiving when he had four for 44, I think it was, and a touchdown. But I think he left with an injury. So it sounds like Austin Hooper could be online to be back this week. So if you had him, you stashed him. If somebody how somebody decided to drop him, this is an excellent time to add him. And to be honest with you, if he was available in waivers because somebody decided to drop him because he got hurt, uh, I would use a number one waiver ad or, or all the rest of the fab I have on him because it is crazy. I was looking at it today. Despite the fact that he's missed basically the last three weeks, he is still tied in five. That's how that's how. That's how rough it is. The man misses three weeks, and he's still a top five tight end. So, um, yeah, so with that, and then the other one was Gardner Minshew was named the starter over Nick Foles. Uh, I have to imagine, I don't know what the the Jaguars are going to do with Nick Foles. Uh, Whatever they do is going to cost them probably a lot of money. So, uh, other than that, um, you have anything else in regards to news this week? I don't think so, man. I think we're ready to jump into these week 14 plays we have lined up. (laughs) Okay, so um, so we're just going to kind of go ahead and t- talk about some of our top plays. Uh, typically, we like to avoid getting into like the real, like the obvious out of the obvious, but I, I wanted to kind of, with it being week 14 and kind of everything on the line, I kind of did want to highlight at least a couple of the, of the upper echelon guys that, you know, maybe, you know, which we already kind of hit on Patrick Mahomes. We don't have to talk about him. I actually have Pat Mahomes ranked as my number one quarterback this week um, going against New England. And then, but. So, but I do want to talk about some of these guys. So let, let's just kind of start it off. Um, for you, you have Carson Wentz uh, going against the Jets or the, the Giants, excuse me, this week, which is a rough, right? Because, I mean, they just lost to the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, really, and the Dolphins just, I mean, hit them with that fake, uh, that, that fake with, the, you know, to the, with the punter, to the kicker in the end zone, which was just disheartening. And then they started laughing at them, but they ended up losing that game 37 31. When, Really, the kind of narrative was early after the the, the, the Cowboys lost that, uh-oh, the, the, the Eagles might be coming back and taking this division. And, of course, they abruptly lose to the, one of the worst teams in the league. So now the Eagles have an amazing matchup again this week against the Giants, who are also a train wreck. However, this is a, this is a divisional game. So I don't know if you can even count that out. But what do you like about Carson Wentz this week? Yeah, I mean, even though they, they lost last week, he, Carson Wentz was still uh, QB8 on the week. He had over 300 yards and three touchdowns so biggest thing is just a matchup uh the giants have given up a qb one week uh every week this year except two um week four when it was like the the haskins and keenum combination and then kyler in week seven um and like you were talking about with mahomes and how important these next couple of games are these next couple of games are super important for for Philly as well. They're they're all in division and they're one game behind Dallas for that for that divisional lead. So, got to figure once comes out the the run game hasn't been too strong. Um, and we just saw 
Aaron Rodgers tear up this this defense as well. So I like uh, Carson Wentz as a, as a solid QB one play this week. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think I yeah I'm a QB nine. So um, I th- I think he is at a, it is at a, a pretty fantastic spot. Um, I already hit on Ryan Tannehill. That was one I wanted to talk about. I do think he's a viable option this week. I th- I believe I have him ranked at QB yeah QB ten. This week, I could probably have him a little bit higher if I wanted to. I could probably move him around, but it's been pretty uh, amazing to see what Ryan Tannehill has done. And to be honest with you, like it's not like they have a ton of weapons there. I mean, they have you know they have AJ Brown and Corey Davis. You know, really no tight end. So as well as he's played, like I think it's been encouraging. And I wonder it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him over the offseason if they extend him, if they give him another. You know, um, I don't want to see him. I don't think it, I don't think it would be wise for them to go out and just drop like a, uh, you know give him a four or five year deal or something like that. But but um, I, even if they just franchise him for a year, just to kind of see if he can replicate this again next year, because I think this has been encouraging to watch him play this year. So, but this matchup against Oakland is, is one you want to see. Uh, for me, another another strong play this week, I think, would be Baker Mayfield going against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals have been awful all year, even though they, you know, you know on the defensive side of the football. So I, I do think Baker Mayfield makes a lot of sense this week, and uh, I would be starting him with confidence. Um, another one that I was actually surprised that, like, a lot of people seem to be down this week, uh, if you look at, like, Fantasy Pros, as expert consensus rankings. They have Matt Ryan at 18, which I was surprised because I'm like, I, I have him at QB 11. I mean, this is against Carolina. I mean, I'm not nervous about playing Carolina, especially their past defense. I do think that Julio Jones will be back this week. They said he's trending up, which is, I think, um, encouraging for their entire offense. I think Austin Hooper back. I mean, they're back to full strength with Julio, Austin Hooper, Calvin Ridley. So I, there's a lot to like here. And so I'm playing Matt Ryan with confidence. I think he's a solid QB one as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Matt Ryan this week? Yeah, I like Matt Ryan a lot. Um, obviously, if Hooper comes back, if Julio is healthy, and even if not, uh, Calvin Ridley has stepped up the the past couple of weeks. Um, Russell Gage can even be counted on as a you know as like a a deeper league kind of flex play. And the beginning of the year, Carolina just looked like a, a run funnel. I mean, they they still kind of are that, but their their secondary looked a lot stronger than it does now. So that I mean, that is a that is too low for me. I haven't uh, gone through and done my my rankings yet because you are a tryhard and you have already gone and uh, done yours already. But uh, he should, I mean, he should be closer to that back end QB one range. I would think. Like they have, um, I'm looking at the fantasy pros consensus rankings right now as well. And like Kyler Murray at 11 going up against uh, the Steelers, like that one, like I could. I could easily put Matt Ryan at that 11 spot right there instead of uh, instead of Kyler, but somebody that that I like deeper down the deeper down the ranks the old the old Fitz Magic man Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, last three weeks he's been QB 23, five and two. Um, even in that QB 23 week, he still had 323 passing yards, but his his uh, his total fantasy points just didn't look that good because. Uh, I don't, I don't think he had any touchdowns that week. Uh, he gets the Jets, and if you look at their numbers over the past couple of weeks, they do look a little bit better, but they've also played Washington, Oakland, and Cincy. And uh, your boy Andy Dalton got the got the best of them. I, I don't think Washington or Oakland had over 200 passing yards against them, but uh, I think Dalton had, what, 233? 
or something last week. So even though their number, like if you're just looking at their numbers over the past couple of weeks, they're going to look better. But this is something where, you know, where you can get caught up in that, no matter what position or what weeks you're looking at, you always have to take a look and see who they played. And I think like they, the Jets waxed Oakland two weeks ago. So those are the kind of things you have to take into consideration when anytime you look at those kind of, uh, those kind of numbers, but yeah, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick just throwing it up and gonna get a uh, gonna get Devontae Parker looked at uh, further. I think they what they gave him a two year deal this offseason, though. So uh, if Parker can keep this up next year, maybe he'll he'll get that big payday after that. Yeah, it's been it's been wild with uh, Parker this year. Like, and he really hasn't been someone that like. I mean, as except for lately, I should say, like hasn't been someone that's gotten a lot of like conversation about him, right? Like, and he's been most of the time, like, kind of a joke where people are just kind of like, oh, like, like the offseason, right? We were hearing, like, what we hear every offseason about positive yeah. camp news, positivity. Like, oh, he looks great. He's he's doing amazing. And then the season comes and nothing really happens or he's hurt. Now, like, I mean, he looks like uh, just out there like an alpha, right? Like a number one true wide receiver one last week. I mean, out there just dominating. So, I don't know. Maybe it took him a while to figure it out, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him because he's a free agent after this year. And so I don't know if, I mean, you wonder if the Dolphins bring him back. Does he want to come back? Does he go to sign somewhere else? Because, I mean, he might be the he might be one of the top free, agency, uh, free agents on the open market this year. Are you talking about Parker? Yeah. I think they gave him a two-year deal, um, but it was like a club option after the first year. So I got to figure they're going to bring him back on that on that second year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to watch, but uh, it's, it's been fun to watch him because I mean, he, he has quietly kind of just went about his business this year and it's been pretty solid. So, um, so we'll see. I, I would be surprised if they bring old Fitzpatrick back for another year. I mean, they're likely going to be drafting a uh, quarterback early in this draft. And I, I don't think they want to just shove him into the starting lineup, whomever that is. So I could see them bringing back uh, Fitzpatrick for one more year and to get their, uh, you know, they're, they're soon, they're franchise quarterback ready. What would you be doing this week with uh, somebody like Dak going uh, at Chicago? I think that's a tough matchup. Like it's obviously not ideal, but I do think that it's tough because it is a Thursday night game. Right. And so those games kind of go, but the good news is it's not really for them because they played Thursday night. Uh, they both teams did but played last Thursday, so they're they're getting a full week in between. So it's not like your typical turn, quick turnaround. I mean, we're not. This game isn't going to be like that at all because both teams played last Thursday. So, um, I think for me, like I think you're still fine. Like I have I have Dak at QB six. Um, I, I think you're definitely still starting him. It, you know, and I even kind of like Trubisky a little bit too. Like Trubisky's, maybe he's finally kind of starting to figure things out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, granted that was against the Lions last week, but uh, the the Cowboys defense isn't one that really strikes a lot of fear in me. So, you know, with we know we know he's going to be able to have time, and I think the secondary can be beat um, in Chicago, even though it is on the road. But I, I do think Dak is at least the. Uh, I, I think he's a solid play again this week. Um, some other ones that I do still like, uh, Kirk Cousins, I think, is in a fantastic spot against Detroit. They are at home. Uh, I think they are going to crush the the, the, the um, 
And then for me, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, again, I think you can start him uh, with confidence. I know it was not very uh, good results last week against the Bengals, but this week playing the Dolphins and what could be, I think, or might be the worst matchup the entire week, I think. Actually, I think that it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, in terms of people actually wanting to watch. Now, fantasy goodness, I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness that comes from this game because both sides of the football, at least through the air, are going to be one that uh, I think we want to target. Yeah, Um Jared Goff, I mean that that offense kind of turned it around against the uh, the hapless Cardinals. Uh, they're home against Seattle, and their defense is, has been exposed this year. It's not you know not the same defense that it was of uh, of yesteryear. Um, I mean, what, two guys that are in good spots that I don't I don't feel great about. Uh, Jacoby Brissett at at Tampa Bay. I mean that's that's one we should typically be more excited about. And then uh, on the other side of the the Matt Ryan, we already touched on uh, Kyle Allen at Atlanta. Expect mixed results from Kyle Allen. Um, he's had some weeks where he's looked good, and other weeks he just looks atrocious. So I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to trust it, especially on the road. But it, it should be a good matchup for them for him. But I, he's you'd have to get pretty desperate to be playing him, and with this being the playoffs, like I just can't imagine that's who you're rolling with. But same with Brissett. Like this Tampa Bay defense is kind of. You know, we knew their run defense was really good, but even their pass defense the last couple of weeks has been better. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see with him. But, like, I, I would rather play Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would rather play, um, you know, I would probably even rather play maybe possibly a, um, you know, some other option, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, or even maybe Richard Trubisky. I, I just don't love Kyle Allen. Jacoby Brissett, I think, is in a better spot. I have him at 20. Um but like I said, you know, Jared Goff is also an inter- going to be an interesting case because Seattle, you know, their pass defense is is something to be desired. And we did see them bounce back this week, which he was like the easiest call of the week in DFS last week. But um, and this does this game does open up as a, as a pretty decent high total um, on this on this for this slate. It is forty six, and it actually we're seeing positive line movement already through Vegas where. Um, Seattle opened up as a three-point favorite. They've already been bet down to a, a minus one favorite, and the, the total went from 46 to open up all the way up to now it's up to 48, 48 and a half in some places. So uh, people are really hammering the over in this game. So this looks like a game that's going to have a lot of uh, fantasy goodness to, to, to be had here. And this is it's an overrated factor that I don't think a lot of, especially in DF or excuse me, especially in redraft. Well, people don't go look at these types of things. Um, if you're making a decision, if you're wanting to stream a quarterback, or you have a decision to make. Like these are some things that I would want to be looking at. Um, you know, is it a home favorite? You know, for a running back or something like that? Because you know, if that's what that's the things you're you're kind of looking for. Now, in redraft, it's tough because you're kind of limited to who you have. So it's not like you could just go out and start anybody you want. But you know, if, if there's a decision to be made, if you have two quarterbacks or you're, you're having to stream a quarterback, like these are the things that I'd be trying to look at. You know where you can get those kind of things, Kev. You can get those in my weekly start set article where I do have the lines and the spreads. So shameless, shameless little plug there. Yeah, it's, it's they should be because those are things that really, that really do matter. Like I get it that we're consolidated to that lineup, but uh, if you're making a start sit decision, um, these are things that I'd be looking at. It's not the only decision I'd be looking at, but it certainly plays a factor because I would much rather play a, a guy who's in a high scoring game versus, you know, get a guy that's projected to play in a game that's 38. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also helping if, you know, I mean, if you're like a late week kind of scratch or an injury uh, situation pops up, if you're, you know, I mean, if you're looking at a kind of a desperate heave to the to the waiver wire, 
that's something you can uh, you can take into consideration there as well. Yeah, um, some other ones I think for me that would be like a uh, a, a sit situation. I, I would be really hard pressed to play Kyler Murray. I know they're at home, but Pittsburgh's defense has been elite, um, so I really wouldn't want to go there. Uh, you know, a Josh Allen, I think you could uh, have some consideration for going against Baltimore, but I don't know. With his rushing ability, it's hard to really think about uh, sitting him. It would just really depend on what other options there there are. So it'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to sit him. Actually, I mean, I guess it's a good question. So would you sit like a Josh Allen get against Baltimore uh, for like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, where we know Ryan Fitzpatrick solid matchup against the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, has quietly, I mean, been pretty damn good as of recently. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I am the resident Josh Allen hater. So, like, I just don't see him having the – with Fitzpatrick, you might get the the complete dud. You know I mean? There there might not be a floor there at all, but I I feel like his ceiling is easily higher than somebody like Josh Allen. So – that again, that's one of those situations where let's like maybe you are the, you know the the last seed in your playoffs and you know kind of have a, a little bit of a weaker team and you need someone that might be able to put up, you know three hundred and twenty yards and three touchdowns. Like if I saw that line and I saw Josh Allen or Fitzpatrick, like I'm gonna be like, oh okay, that was probably Fitzpatrick's line over Josh Allen. So um, Fitz definitely has the has the matchup like we talked about. So, yeah, I would have no trouble sitting somebody like Josh Allen in this kind of situation. What about somebody like Drew Brees, who you might be carrying two um, to, uh, quarterbacks just because with the, the time he spent injured, uh, Drew Brees at home but going up against San Fran. Is he somebody you would think about sitting like if you had a if you had a better option like maybe if you had like a like you touched on a Baker Mayfield Matt Ryan is that somebody uh, or either of those two quarterbacks somebody you might think about playing over Breeze or are you just gonna play Breeze in that in that situation? Uh, I think you could easily sit Drew Breeze this week. Um, I mean, it's not ideal. But the San Francisco offense, or excuse me, the San Francisco defense is is, is legit, and this is even though it is at home for San Francisco or for excuse me for New Orleans, I, I just don't think I'd want to mess around with it. Um, sure, it could burn you, um, but I, I would probably bet against it more often than not that, that it's not going to, and I would probably rather play you know some of those other options. Should mention too with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, they did play earlier in the year, and he threw for two ninety and three touchdowns against the Jets. So we, have some, we do have some recent history here. So um, I actually have Drew Brees ranked uh, at eighteenth this week. I do not love him. So, anyways, I think that's it. Let's go ahead and move on over to the running back position, and uh, we can uh, jump into that. Um, who are some of your t- top running back plays this week that you want to uh, get your get into your lines? So somebody just in one of those. Um... And like the in the RB one vein, uh, definitely Nick Chubb. I mean, even though he's been losing touches and especially the passing game involvement to Kareem Hunt since uh, since he's come back, what was that week week ten or eleven? Um, they do have the, the matchup against Cincy since he's allowing the fifth most uh, rushing yards per game, and as bad as they are on the ground, they are allowing the tenth fewest receptions. So obviously that would go toward. Uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, I don't think since he's in the in any sort of position to shut out somebody like Kareem Hunt, who's looked pretty good since he's come back. Um, 
and you were touching on it whenever we were just talking about quarterbacks, but the Browns are eight and a half uh, point home favorites. So uh, that, that goes in that game script. you got to figure that they're going to be leading, which, and, and even though that uh, Hunt has been, has been more involved in taking away a lot of that passing game work, I mean, Chubb has still been getting, you know, 20 carries per week, basically. Uh, except last week where Freddie Kitchens saw, thought it would be a good idea to only give Chubb and Hunt a combined, what was I think, six rush attempts in the second half. So I, I don't think we I don't think we necessarily have to worry about that. And this is one of those situations where even if Chubb only gets, you know, 15 or 16 carries instead of 22, 23, that, that could easily be a, a 120 and two kind of line. So as far as like a, a running back one conversation, uh, Nick Chubb is definitely someone, I mean, you weren't, you weren't thinking about sitting him to begin with, but it wouldn't surprise me if he finished this week as like the overall RB two or three, something like that. Um, another guy I love this week, Melvin Gordon at Jacksonville, Jacksonville just been shredded on the ground the, over the past several weeks. So, um, somebody who you might have been a little hesitant to plug in your lineup just because of, you know, the, with Austin Eckler and the slow start he got off to whenever he did come back. Um, but I think Melvin Gordon can be plugged into your lineup with confidence as your, as your RB one, if that's the, the kind of situation you're looking at with your, with your lineups, who do you, uh, who do you like at the top of the list there, Kev? One is Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry has been a monster, yeah. and I'm not breaking any news by saying I love Derrick Henry this week. I mean, he's had, uh, let's see, over the last three weeks, he has um, 191, uh, 191 total yards, 175 total yards, 166 total yards. So, you know, going against this Oakland defense, who um, is not great against the run, they're not terrible but I think some of it is also the product of passing game as well. Uh, they have allowed 19.8 fantasy points per game to the running back position. And so, you know, this is the time to shine for Derrick Henry, this this late season run where he just grinds you down and it just steps on your throat. We kind of see it every year. Uh, this year he just happened to start a little bit sooner. And so, yeah, I, I love Derrick Henry this week. But, you know, like I said, I'm not really breaking any news by saying that. But some of the other guys I really like, I think Miles Sanders is at least, um, you know, he had a big, you know, one of his bigger games of the year uh, last week against the Dolphins. As we mentioned, you know, going against the Giants this week, um, you know, his, his ability to, you know, be utilized as a pass catcher as well. And I think that the Giants are a team that can keep it close with the Eagles. Um, and... If they do, I think that spells good things for Miles Sanders is, is be utilized more as a pass catcher as well. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Jordan Howard this week. Jay Ajayi looks like Jay Ajayi and um, likely um, may not be back in the NFL after this year. But uh, I just don't think he, he really showed anything. So Miles Sanders um, is somebody, you know, barring Jordan Howard being back, I think Miles Sanders is a fantastic spot this week. I think he's a solid flex RB2 type play. And then Devonta Freeman, um, this is more just about matchup. Carolina's run defense has been really bad. We saw it last week against Washington where, um, I mean, the, the Redskins just destroyed them. They have allowed the most rushing touchdowns on the year, and it's not even close. The next closest is Green Bay. Uh, Carolina has allowed 19 rushing touchdowns this year. The next closest, like I said, is Green Bay with 13 rushing yep. touchdowns. Uh, 
it's pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. So Devonta Freeman, who hasn't been good by any stretch of the imagination this year, but I think that that he could easily uh, find the end zone in this game, maybe get you 70, 80 yards. So for people that probably don't have a lot of confidence in Devonta Freeman, because he just really hasn't been that good. I mean, he's been okay. There's been he's had a, a couple okay weeks. Week four, he had 18. He had 18 against Houston, and he had the big 26.8. Um, you know, but he's Devonta Freeman. But you know, last week he played 77% of the snaps. So there's no issue here with worrying about injury. He saw five targets against the Saints, so um, one red zone opportunity as well. So uh, I do like Devonta Freeman, where I don't think a lot of people probably have much confidence in him. But I think that he should at least be viewed as a solid. You know. RB2 flex type play. Yeah, he should definitely be in that flex consideration just based solely off the matchup. Um, somebody I like a little further down the line like that, uh, Jamal Williams. Um, you're just talking about Green Bay. Um, Williams hasn't been he hasn't been an all-star by any means, but he's definitely been efficient with the, the touches he's been given, um, especially playing with somebody like Aaron Jones. Uh, if you're looking for somebody like kind of like in that flex RB three kind of range, uh, you're basically looking at what like eight to ten points. Um, he's failed to reach ten points in only four games, and he has failed to reach eight points in just one. So he he definitely falls within that range. Um, and the and the um, the matchup is good there going with with Washington and. On the other side of that, I think uh, Darius Geis is definitely in play. I mean, we saw last week why we've been so excited about him the, the past two years, and even though he's been dealing with the injuries. Um, you already mentioned Green Bay giving up the, the second most uh, rushing touchdowns of 13. Uh, they're allowing the fourth most half PPR points per game. And even though he's splitting time with with AP, I think he can he can still he can still get it done for you and end up in that RB two range for for week fourteen. Oh yeah, I I really like Darius guys. Actually, I played him a lot in DFS last week, and uh, that worked out pretty well. So I really enjoyed that. So um, other than that, you know, just kind of looking at some of the other other running back options. Like if you actually had to, um, what is your thoughts on? The- uh, you know, if you're on Twitter, uh, this was this guy was kind of a, um, a kind of a back and forth where a lot of people just uh, kind of laughed it off uh, a couple weeks ago. But Patrick Laird um, with with Miami, like he looks to be the starting running back now with this team. Now that uh, Kalen Balaj got put on IR today, what is your thoughts on him? My thought is I I can't do it. <laughs> like if if you're if you're reaching if you're reaching that far down. At this point, like, who man, like, I like he. It's not like outside of the touchdown. Like, I don't even think he was he was really that good last week. What I think he finished with eighteen fantasy points. Yeah, because he had five. Yeah, he had four receptions, uh, forty three yards, and the and he found uh, had a touchdown. But he did rush ten times for uh, five yards. So maybe it's not Kalen Balazs' fault. Maybe it's just their fucking offensive line who can't create any uh, any holes. Yeah, I mean, if if you're reaching that low, I mean, he's obviously not going to be as as widely available as pra- Patrick Laird. But um, I mean, I, honestly, man, I like Miles Gaskin better, and maybe we see maybe we see more of him this week. I know he had a he had a handful of touches last week, but some like if you're if you're digging digging that deep, like a, a Benny Snell, 
I'd much rather play him uh, at Arizona. Like, obviously, depending on if if Connor comes back. Um, trying to think, like, what 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 are you doing with the the Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones situation? Obviously, this week with with Indy isn't a great matchup anyway. Um, do you have a do you have a read on that one way or another? Or are you just completely staying away from it? How how are you handling that? Like so, like even somebody else like an Alexander Madison like I know he's available in twenty five percent of leagues like even if Dalvin Cook plays this week I would rather play Alexander Madison on like maybe the eight to nine touches that he would get if uh, if if Cook ends up being active. It kind of goes back to the same thing I was talking about. Like, you know, if this was week six or something or week 10, you know, it's one thing. But, like, we're in the playoffs now, right? And I can't imagine a team is that desperate. Now, then again, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of teams that get into the playoffs that maybe have no business being in the playoffs but got a little lucky and had some things go their way, and now they're in the playoffs, right? Like, it happens. And so, like, if you're here contemplating this decision, like, I don't know if I could play Alexander Madison. I love the dude. I think that he has a chance to be a stud if anything were to ever happen to Dalvin Cook. I think he's somebody that people should have been stashing all year. But you're right. I mean, does he have a higher upside than probably what, like, a Patrick Laird does? Yeah, sure. Am I going to want to run out and pick up Patrick Laird? Probably not. This isn't a great matchup. We talked about the Jets. Their their run defense has been, um, you know, surprisingly one of the best in the league. They are definitely a pass funnel. I think they're, uh, they're what, second in DVOA yeah, right now. So I, they they were, were last week. Yeah, they were last week. I'm not sure where they're sitting now. I haven't looked for this week. But um, I know they were. They were. I think they were number two in pass DVOA. Or, excuse me, run DVOA. Actually, I haven't really pulled up. They fell to f- – nope, they're still number two in, in run DVOA. I mean, they uh, the Jets are giving up the 10th fewest uh, half PPR fantasy points per game. I mean, behind behind – defenses that are really solid obviously pats bucks niners saints Colts, steelers ravens eagles and the vikings those are the only teams that are giving up fewer uh half ppr fantasy points per game to running backs right so yeah i mean and i guess another good question this week because i know a lot of people will probably this this probably be another hot button guy this week that would be a sony michelle um we know the chiefs have really struggled to stop the run uh, the Raiders, I mean, Josh Jacobs last week got 100 yards against the Chiefs. I feel like that, you know, the, the this is kind of the, the Patriots blueprinting as the Chiefs, especially in the playoffs last year, and kind of what a lot of teams that have beat the Chiefs this year, their, their blueprint this year was to run the ball and keep Mahomes off the field, where I, I don't think a lot of people probably even want to play Sonny Michelle this year just because he's been kind of so bad um, this year. Um, I mean, he's has 645 rushing yards on the year. I mean, that is... Uh, not good. He does have six rushing touchdowns, so I, that's a little bit encouraging. But, I mean, through 12 games, I mean, I, it's just not been good um, for him. And so, uh, I mean, he's kind of – what are you doing with him, though, this week? I'd be fine starting him as, you know, kind of like as an RB2, and you're just kind of like the, the how we talk about tight ends. You're just crossing your fingers and hope, hoping that he uh, he scores a touchdown. I mean, last week against Houston, he did average over four yards per carry. He had 10 for 45. Week before that at Dallas, he had 20 for 85. So he's not going to give you anything in the uh, in the passing game. He's had four targets just once this year, a bunch of zeros, a couple of twos, a couple of threes. So he's not going to give you much in the ways of uh, – in the ways of the passing game, but he, he has taken advantage of some uh, some solid matchups. Uh, Washington, he went uh, 
16 for 91 with a touchdown. The Jets, I mean, he only had 42 yards, but he had uh, he ended up with 22 fantasy points that game on the on the back of some touchdowns as well. So, like you said, the the kind of the blueprint with Kansas City is out, and you would think that they want to they want to keep that offense on the on the sideline as much as they can. So, and like you said, we we saw this happen last year with the the Patriots on their playoff run, and that's a reason why people were so so excited about Sony Michelle uh, this year, just going based off of what we what we saw him do in the playoffs. So, if there's going to be a, a time to plug him in as an RB two, I mean, you have this week in Kansas City, next week they're at Cincinnati, so that's going to be a, a nice matchup as well. If you make it to Week 15, but yeah, I, I mean, I would have no trouble throwing him in as a as an RB two. I mean, unless you somehow have two options that are better than that, like then I would still start him in a, you know, kind of like a flex position, but I, the, the matchup is good enough there that I, I wouldn't have any trouble starting him this week. I mean, efficiency wise, he's been awful. I mean, and he's really been awful for fantasy purposes either too. I mean, he's, he's number, he's, he's, he's 9.6 fantasy points per game is 41st in the league. Um, yeah. or 41st among running backs. That is not what you want to see. Um, he's 44th in juke rate, 26th in evaded tackles, 36th in breakaway runs. I mean, he has just not 54th in yards per touch. Uh, he's been awful. I mean, the only thing he's really been good at, or only thing that he is uh, ninth in red zone touches, which is why you see it with the six total touchdowns, is 15th in the league. Like that's the only thing that he's done well this year. So, and the fact that he doesn't carry the ball or get get opportunities out of the back or as a pass catcher, like we even saw last week where they, the Patriots started getting James White opportunities to run the football too. Like, I mean, actual, like, you know, usually James White's more of just the pass catching back, but I mean, he was getting, uh, you know, carries last week as well. So, you know, I don't mind Sonny Michelle, but like, if you had a better option, I would consider sitting him. I get the, the, the lure with wanting to play this, but I mean, if you look at this game, um, the, the, the this has the highest total on the slate. It's the only game that is above fifty um, right now, and um, the 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 line opened at New England negative or minus four. It has dropped to New England minus two and a half. So money is coming in on Kansas City, and so that does not spell well for you know following those little types of things does not spell well for you know a, a, a patriots running back again it really would depend on what your options were uh to be able to sit him right. i like i said i think he is more of just like an rb3 for me so yeah i mean like i said he's going to be touchdown dependent but just based on matchup i'd put him in that in that rb2 kind of, kind of range um i mean would you start sony would you start like somebody like uh like a jamal williams over Sony, Rashad Penny. I would start Rashad Penny over him. Yeah, just trying to look at some of, some of these guys who were like Kareem Hunt. That one's tough. Uh, yeah, I think you can. I mean, they 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 have they put Kareem Hunt out there. Um, I mean, it, it's been frustrating, right? Like it, it actually kind of happened, right? Like we kind of talked about it, you know, in the preseason. Oh, what's going to happen when Kareem Hunt comes back? Not that they've stopped using uh, Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb is still far and away leading this backfield and, and, and rushes on most of the weeks since he's been back. But the problem is they just haven't really used him as a pass catcher anymore. That that's been, yeah. and he got sniped out of the touchdown because of a passing touchdown to Kareem Hunt last week. Like. I do not think that Kareem Hunt is back next year with this team. Like I would be shocked. Uh, he will be a free agent after this year. He signed the one-year deal with Cleveland. 
So once he's gone, and as long as you know Cleveland doesn't do anything stupid, like Nick Chubb, I think should be somebody that people should look at as a locked-in top five running back next year. But he's killed people this year uh, in, in the playoffs because uh, because of it. But, you know, Kareem Hunt right now I think is a viable, very viable flex option and probably should be starting every week, especially in a matchup against Cincinnati. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you, uh, are you feeling more confident with, with Todd Gurley considering his, uh, his recent usage? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, in a matchup against Seattle um, – I think he's fine. Where do I have him at? I have him at, uh, <coughs> excuse me, RB13. The real question is, though, like, I know you can't sit him, but you cannot feel confident if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. I would be really curious to know the number of people that made the playoffs with Saquon Barkley this year. I have to imagine it's, it's much lower than you, what you'd expect. Yeah, you got to figure that's, uh, what, top two, top three pick, depending on, you know I mean, if, People went McCaffrey or Zeke ahead of him. Um, and that's not a great matchup this week either uh, at Philly. So, dude, his his passing usage hasn't been there. He hasn't been getting near the involvement in the passing game. And the, the, the other thing that's been killing him too is those, those big chunk explosive plays just haven't been there either. And that's been – you know what I mean? It's kind of what I think – you know, kind of, kind of masked, masked this last year was, you know, he would have a lot of these two, three, one, three, two kind of carries, but then snap off a, a 29 yard touchdown. And then he would be more involved in the passing game. And a lot of that stuff covered up for, you know, kind of like with how he's been looking this year. You know what I mean? That, that line wasn't great uh, last year. It, it looked better to start, start off the year this year. That they that the offensive line is kind of aggressive as well. So I mean, I'd be curious to see how many of those targets have gone away from Daniel Jones kind of just pulling it down and running where Eli was just dumping it off to him. But like you said, you, you can't you can't sit him. But you're you can you also can't plug him in and feel confident that you're gonna get I mean, even like a a top fourteen kind of week. Yeah, I mean, given his his how he's looked uh, in recent weeks, and then the the matchup with Philly, so that's one that man, if you if like you said, if you made it into the playoffs with Barkley, thanking your lucky stars, and then just hoping you're able to ride out that uh that kind of that lucky streak that that you have going. Yeah, I mean, you guys go all the way back to week eight, the last time he scored over twenty. Um, this actually was the last last time since week nine this week because he did. I mean, he was okay this past week. He had 115 total yards. He has not found the end zone since week eight, which has been a big big issue for them or for him. Um, I mean, he is getting some red zone carries. He's just not getting as many as he you know has in um, that you would usually expect. But he had one red zone carry this last week against Green Bay. Uh, he did. He did see seven targets, which was a little encouraging. That's the most he's seen since week nine against Dallas. So. Uh, I think that is a little encouraging. So if hopefully that can continue. Um, he is still being elusive. I mean, he he had 12 evaded tackles this past week. So I don't know. Um, hopefully maybe this is a sign of things to come. I do know that they had talked about it, that that he was highly motivated this last week, blah, 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 blah. But um, it was a more encouraging game, at least at the very least, against Green Bay or this past week. So um, anyways, I think let's go ahead and jump over to the wide receiver position. I think this one is a pretty interesting decision to be uh, some interesting decisions here on this one um, for you. Uh, who are some of your guys you want to, you're looking at playing this week? I mean, like you said, we, we try to 
we try to steer away from the the obvious ones, but somebody that I love this week kind of to rebound, especially after last week, uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, I mean, you're starting him regardless, no matter how kind of a, uh, a letdown week he had last week. But uh, they have Indy this week. They play predominantly a zone defense, and I think that should uh, that should benefit Godwin. So he should he should be in a prime kind of bounce back spot there. Um, and like that that whole offense, like as as much as like as high as that score was, as much as they were beating him by like. OJ Howard, I think, had more yards than Godwin and Evans. So it was just it was just a weird week altogether. What here here's a question for you. What are you doing with Odell Beckham? The matchup is there, but dude, his I mean, he has what, like less than 30 yards for like the third time this uh this season, I think. What are you doing if you have uh if you have Odell? I mean, this is a great matchup against the Bengals. Um I think Jarvis Landry right now looks to, like the better option. I mean, I have Odell as the at nineteen this week. I have Jarvis Landry at seventeen. I think they're pretty close. Um, another another factor to probably consider it would be the fact that David Njoku could also be back, which would take a little bit of uh, some targets away from here uh, from them. But I do think this is a great spot for them, and so uh, I think this is a good bounce back spot for Odell. And so yeah, I think you're starting him. If you, I mean, if you have him, I can't imagine ever thinking about sitting him. In this right, game, especially in this matchup. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw him out. Like I said, I. I was a little surprised when I pulled up Fantasy Pros and saw that he was sitting at 11. Like, I get the matchup and everything, but, I mean, that, that offense has just kind of looked off in general. Um, another guy, like, we kind of touched on that already, Devontae Parker gets gets the Jets. I think this could also be, you know, kind of like the talk about Godwin in a bounce-back spot. Um, Tyler Lockett uh, at the, uh, the LA Rams. You, I mean, I would assume that it's, it's going to be somebody on the outside regardless. So whether it's Metcalf or Josh Gordon, they're going to be getting the Ramsey treatment. I think Lockett only has one catch over the past two weeks. So I think this could be a, could be a nice bounce back spot for him. Um, we touched on this game a bunch already, but Calvin Ridley, I like this week kind of like as a, you know, as your wide receiver two kind of play um, Tyler Boyd, Definitely back in back in the good graces with uh, with the Red Rocket there back at the helm. Um, I have here, and then uh, then Robbie Anderson, kind of kind of li- too little, too late almost for you know. I mean uh, for the for where you drafted him, he was definitely a disappointment up until this spot. But uh, two weeks ago, I think what four for eighty five and a touchdown. Last week he had seven for one on one. Again, the matchup with Miami, they're giving up the six most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, and they've also given up the uh, the most touchdowns uh, across the NFL. So those are those are some of the plays I like this week. Um, what about you, Kev? Where are you looking? Who are, who, who are some of your top guys for, for week 14? In terms of the guys that people are going to have to make decisions on and probably like who you're, you know, who you'd be potentially wanting to start, I think for me, you know, I actually have Devontae Parker as a wide receiver one this week. I'm in the 12 in PPR formats. Uh, I think this is a great matchup for them, and uh, it's hard to ignore him. He is the, like I said, the alpha in the offense, and this is a great matchup in a, in a pass funnel. Uh, you know, gets a pass funnel. Um, the great thing is that the Dolphins have generally been trailing all year. So, uh, yeah, I think Devontae Parker, I mean, it's crazy. This is where we're at. Week 14 of 2019, and we are talking about Devontae Parker as a wide receiver one. You know? Like, yep. <laughs> love it, man. 
You have to have to love it. Yeah. So past that, like I said, I already talked about Jarvis Landry. I think that he's in a great spot. But then the, some of the other guys that I do like this week are um, Anthony Miller is definitely one. Uh, we're going to have to monitor to see kind of what happens with Taylor Gabriel because I think that factors in a little bit. But overall, I mean, everything's kind of been flowing to him. Um, really, the last three weeks, he's had a, he's at 11, 9, and 13 targets each of the last three weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. He played 86% of the snaps last week. He had a monster week with 9 for a 140. Uh, was wide receiver seven overall last week. So, or uh, on Thanksgiving, you know, th- and this matchup against Dallas is certainly not anything that really scares me. Uh, Dallas is what twenty third in pass DVOA. So, I mean, they're not really a, a defense that I'm overly concerned about. Uh, obviously, the, there is some concern and risk with uh, playing anybody that's tethered to Mitchell Trubisky. But uh, I do like Anthony Miller, and I think that he should be viewed as a you know as a wide receiver three uh, flex um, type play, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And, you know, I, it, it took a while. Like, he was the guy I think a lot of people liked as a preseason uh, breakout candidate and just never really got many opportunities until later in the year. And now he is starting to kind of put things together. Another one for me would be Sterling Shepard. Uh, last week um, in that game that was, you know, of uh, the snow game, if you will. But he did see seven targets last week, uh, three receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. You know, this week, again, I think it's a, a pretty decent matchup, and he seems to be one of Daniel Jones' kind of favorite targets. Uh, prior to his, um, I mean, really on the year, I mean, he's seeing heavy loads of targets. I mean, week one, he got seven, nine, nine, ten, nine, and then seven last week. So even coming back from the, you know, the concussion, like he continually is running a lot of routes. He, he's getting a lot of targets. So um, they are banged up at the wide receiver position. We'll have to see what happens to Golden Tate. Uh, if he comes off the concussion protocol, if Evan Ingram returned. But even still, I think this is a game where they're going to be trailing and they're going to need to throw the ball a ton. So I like Sterling Shepard as well as one of those you know, kind of flex options. Um, and then Curtis Samuel is the last one uh, going against Atlanta. Great matchup. Uh, you know, kind of their deep threat. But uh, I think this is a game that they're going to have to throw the ball a ton and kind of a high-scoring affair. So Curtis Samuel is another guy I really like. Yeah, as far as your your Anthony Miller call, uh, Taylor Gabriel, as of yesterday, was still on the concussion protocol. So that that does bode well for Anthony Miller at this point. Um, somebody else I think is worth mentioning is Cortland Sutton. He's just been putting up numbers and producing no matter who they have back there at uh, at quarterback. Drew Locke came in last week in his first start and Sutton I think what Sutton had two touchdowns last week uh didn't he I, I, I believe I believe he had two Kenny Galladay we already saw what you know what he can do on 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 limited targets I mean he does get Minnesota again not a not the Minnesota of yesteryear kind of like we were talking about with uh with Seattle that's that's not the same not the same defense um Debo Samuel Seems to be somebody that uh, that San Francisco is getting more involved, even with Emmanuel Sanders being there. Uh, if he's playing on the inside, I think he's been playing like twenty eight percent of his snaps. I think are, are coming from the slot, so he'll obviously avoid uh, Lattimore there. If you know, if he is on the outside, I'm not sure if if um, they would just glue Lattimore to Sanders, but. We need either way that they, they move Debo in inside enough that he'll he'll be able to get away from get away from Lattimore. Um, is there anybody you like further on? Oh, I I see somebody you like further on down the list. You want to talk about your boy Darius or your boy? Is that what we're talking about, Darius Slayton? 
it's going to depend on what happens with all these other players. You know, if Golden Tate's out or if um, Evan Ingram's out. Like if those all those guys are out, and it's him and uh, yeah, uh, Darius Slate will definitely be in play. You know, this is a Monday night game, and you know, in Philly. So you know, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens, but I, it's, it's it's a tough one because. You know, that's a long, you know, you'll have to wait and see what happens. You're going to have to make a decision before then. I don't know if we'll, we'll fully know. Um, as for the, you mentioned um, Taylor Gabriel still in concussion protocol. With him playing Thursday, I think that that's good news because you can make that decision early. And if he's still in concussion protocol on Tuesday, I, I find it really, really, really hard to believe that he's going to get, he's going to clear concussion protocol in time to be able to play Thursday. So um, I do think that that kind of boosts Anthony Miller up in my opinion. So, um, what do you think about a guy like Terry McLaurin this week going against Green Bay who have really str- uh, struggled to stop the pass? And now it is, you know, you, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I don't know if you ever know what to expect from him, but, um, I mean, they were able to, you know, beat the Panthers this past week and Green Bay's pass defense has been really suspect. So I was just expecting so much more, especially given the, uh, the Ohio state connection and, Apparently, uh, Haskins said that you know that was kind of his request that they draft that they draft McLaurin so that he he had them so that he had him there in Washington. Um, Green Bay has been up and down with their secondary. You know they they kind of seem to be another team that was in the kind of in the same vein as Carolina, where at the beginning of the year they looked really solid on the outside and they were they were a run funnel, but we've seen them you know give give up some some bigger games. He's someone who you probably picked up off a of waiver, so I would assume that you have better options to to play. Like I'd rather play like a, I'd rather play Michael Gallup, you know, even at Chicago, like we were talking about already. I'd rather play him, Robert Woods. I'd I'd rather play like you should have better options um, than Terry McLaurin if you have to play him. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst it wouldn't be the worst thing. But like I said, you you probably picked him off of waivers. If not, he was your round sixteen, seventeen pick. So you have you should have better options ahead of him, um, unless you just completely struck out all over the place. You know, taking like a Juju and a Corey Davis or, or something like that. But there there are just other plays I would I'd rather go with like Robbie Anderson. We already talked about. I'd rather play him as well. So I just. I, I can't trust Haskins at this point. It's it's tough with with McClung. I definitely think the talent's there. Like he's been open. He's had opportunities. It's just it's just poor quarterback play. So I think if you absolutely had to play him and if you had to play him in the flex, like he'd be a, a decent option. But somebody that I wouldn't count on um, <clears throat> to give you a ton of op- or a ton of upside. We just haven't seen it since since Case Keenum played. So um anyways uh i guess you know as far as wide receiver goes um i think we kind of hit on everybody um uh, i guess the only one i would talk about is uh, i think adam Thielen probably returns this week he was pretty close last week and then he ended up sitting this past week but i do think that this is a game that you can see him return maybe they don't because they feel like they can beat detroit without adam Thielen and and give him another week but it, it sounds like he's pretty close if he plays um, I think you automatically just insert him back in your lineup because they've said that they're not—he's not returning till he's 100%. So you don't. There's not much, you know. There's always obvious chance of, of re-injury, but I think I feel pretty confident with sticking him back in my lineup, especially against Detroit. Um, another underrated one would be Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has kind of historically crushed 
the Vikings. I mean, just to dominated them. And that this he actually had that his monster game this year against against Minnesota. Um, you know, if you own Marvin Jones, like he is in a pretty solid spot this week, and I think he's somebody that you could uh, um, have some interest in and in playing. And I would probably be hard pressed to sit him. Um, you know, some other guys like, uh, you know, possibly like a Randall Cobb, I think, are in play. McCall Hardman, uh, like I mentioned, I think sees more opportunities this week. Sammy Watkins apparently is just dead. Um, to, you know, really has been uh, washed. You know, Pour like, one out. Yeah, like we talked about, like Cole Beasley is always in play just because, the, you know, he's that kind of underneath safety blanket for Josh Allen, Auden Tate. So there's some guys out there. But before we move on to tight end, let's answer a couple of these questions that we got here um, in the chat. Uh, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray or Sam Darnold? Who are you going with? For me, for me, it's uh, let me put it this way: for me, it's Sam Darnold. Um, okay, I know Donald it's too. I know it's tough, but this is just a really bad matchup against against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense has been the reason that they have as many wins as they have. It's the only reason that they have what? What are they seven? What do they have seven or eight wins? Seven wins? Seven and five? Is that what they are? Steelers? Yeah. Yeah, seven and five. Yeah, so I mean, the, there's no other reason other than that 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 they have that many wins is because of that defense they have, and they they're I think they're going to be able to contain Kyler Murray and his running ability. I mean, which he was not running that much last week, and I know he's coming off that hamstring injury, so I don't I don't know if that had anything to do with it. And if he can't throw, it's night night. Like it, it's like it's just I mean, if he, if he can't run, I mean, excuse me. Uh, so I would that would definitely be a consideration for me. So I would probably rather play Sam Darnold, who I think has a higher upside and a much better matchup yeah it's it's Darnold like somehow the Bengals turned back the the hands of time and actually had a pass rush last week which is kind of what got to Darnold and threw everything off but uh the Miami Dolphins do not have a pass rush so uh Darnold should have time and there this should be a, a bounce back spot for him so let's go Darnold I know it, it I mean it's always risky but I just think that, you know, if Kyler Murray's not going to be able to throw the ball, terrible matchup, I would probably just rather play Sam Donald, and especially on a crucial game, um, you know, for all the marbles to be able to move on to next week, I'd probably rather just play the matchup and play Donald. So. Yeah, the, the Steelers' secondary has, has been solid, especially with the, the addition of Minka, obviously. And then uh, as athletic as Murray is, there are there are some pretty, pretty uh, – athletic guys on the the Steelers side as well, which has been something that I have not been happy about with their with their drafting. Seems like Tomlin has always just gone for the uh the high upside, highly athletic guys, but this is a, a place where that could pay off. So Right. No, I yeah. So okay, so let's uh I think we agree with Derek. Uh question you have Melvin Gordon, Saquon, Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, which three would you play this week? The first three, I think. I think I'd sit. I would sit Hunt. For me, I think I would probably go. I, I would probably go Melvin Gordon, Barkley, and Hunt. I'm concerned that, that Carson, about about yeah. Carson and with with the with the uh, emergence of Rashad Penny. Um, I don't know how that. You know, I know this one in this one game. That's what they wanted to do, but. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I thought Rashad Penny looked much better than Chris Carson last week. I mean, he was explosive. Um, now, of course, he doesn't have the the wear and tear on him that this year that 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 Chris Carson does in week fourteen or week thirteen of the season. But I, I don't know. Like, 
I think that's a real concern. I think that you're not going to expect Chris Carson to go out there and give you the 70, 80% of the, t- the touches like he it was before. I think now it could be more of a 40, 50% split. And if that's the case, now the concerning part for me only for Kareem Hunt would be the fact of the matchup, right? Now, if, if, if they're able to kind of roll in this game, uh, you know, you could see where Kareem Hunt doesn't get as many opportunities because he's basically kind of been more of the pass catching back. But um, I think in terms of his upside, I probably would go Gordon Barkley and Kareem Hunt. That that would be the one move that, that I would consider making there as well, would be putting in Hunt for Carson. So that's that's one of those situations where if you know, maybe if you need more of a a ceiling play, roll hunt. But if you just need a you know, I mean, because he even with Penny looking like the the better, more explosive back, I mean, Carson still had what 23, 24 touches in that game. We know that's you know that's what they want to do is they want to they want to run the ball. So, like you said, maybe it won't be that that seventy percent level, but just based on volume, I you got to figure that Carson's going to get more touches than Hunt will. But Hunt does have. Um, the matchup in his favor so like i said that's something where if i if i need the the floor play i'm gonna roll carson in that scenario uh if you're looking for more of a ceiling uh hunt is always uh, i think would be the the way to go because I, I i do think that gordon is in a is in a really good spot this week and hopefully we see uh barkley get more involved in the passing game as well Especially against Philly and their, you know, I mean, their their front seven. Yeah, it should be mentioned too. The Rams have, are number three in pass or in run DVOA as well. So it's a tough matchup for their, I mean, for them all together, you know, on the ground. So not that that will stop the the Seahawks from trying to run the ball uh, as much as they can, but um, exactly. if they fall behind early and the Seattle or the the Rams offense is able to get things going in this game, which let's be honest, the the, the Seattle secondary has not been very good this year. Most teams have been able to throw on them without without much issue. So, uh, I would expect them to try to go out and use, and utilize that. So, um, yeah, this is just a tough matchup. I think that's the way I would probably lean um, in this one. So, Again, uh, Gordon Barkley and Kareem Hunt for me. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump on over to tight ends because I think we've kind of hit on everybody in the wide receiver position. So for so this week we're looking at right now. Um, so some of the you know you know we saw Jack Doyle last week go out and have a pretty solid game. Um, Tyler Higby went out and won people their weeks uh, with his twenty three fantasy points that he dropped uh, on the Cardinals. And you know the kind of the flow chart all year has been to just play tight ends against the Cardinals. Like it just really hasn't stopped. It's been that way all year. Uh, this is another tough one. You know Vance McDonald hasn't been great this year, but again. We play tight ends who are playing against the Cardinals. And Vance McDonald is probably a tight end who is pretty widely available. And if you're needing a tight end and say you have like an Austin Hooper and Austin Hooper does not play this week because that is still well within the range of possibility, you just pick up Vance McDonald and insert him into your lineup. Yeah, so uh, McDonald is 50% owned in Yahoo League. So He's someone that should be available. Uh, we already touched on Jack Doyle, especially with um, Ebron hitting IR. He's and with with the um, the the other injuries that they that they have in Indy. You know, I mean, it seems like T.Y. Hilton is. I mean, he's. I think he's already 
basically out for this week, especially considering they came out and said that they're hopeful that he returns, you know, by, by the end of the year, that, that doesn't sound great for, uh, for his prospects for, for playing this year. Um, I mean, for playing this week, rather, uh, somebody else, we've already touched on this matchup a bunch, so we won't, I won't dive into it, uh, too much here, but Mike Isecki, um, Again, another team with a bunch of injuries where they, you know, they're not going to have a lot of uh, a lot of options to spread it out. Uh, Gasecki has at least six targets in five straight games, and you uh, you mentioned uh, them putting up what would you say two ninety three? I think just a couple weeks ago against the Jets, um, Gasecki had six for ninety five in that one. So, I mean, I definitely think that's again, someone who's going to be widely available that you can look to. Um, have you seen anything on Gerald Everett and whether or not he was going to be, he was looking to be back this week? Cause I, I they said he was what day to day, I think last week, but obviously he was ultimately, uh, ultimately ruled out. No, not yet. It was something we're going to have to monitor until like Tuesday. Uh, both teams haven't really went back to practice yet. Most teams don't really get back to practicing until Wednesday. So, uh, maybe someone like that's one of those situations that you probably just need to monitor this week. Because um, right now we haven't really heard anything. I, I haven't, at least I haven't seen anything. Though I don't think that Higby's, I mean, this is definitely a much different spot and not one that I would, um, unless there's just nobody else available, you know. It's tough because, I mean, I think there's actually, I mean, and in terms of just tight ends, I think there's some, some ones that are in some pretty good spots this week. I mean, especially if we get Hooper back and Evan Ingram back, that changes a lot. But. You know, obviously you have the top guys with with Kelsey and Ertz, and then you know if Hooper's back, I think that puts him, especially against Carolina, I think that makes him a top five options because because they don't have to do a ton to be able to be that, and so Austin Hooper inserts himself into that. Then you have George Kittle and Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram, Mark Ingram, you know, um, and so then from there, you know, Darren Waller, Jack Doyle. Now I think uh, the rest of the season is a tight end one. Lock him in, no questions asked. Ryan Griffin is in a great spot against Miami. You already mentioned Mike Gesicki. Dallas Godair, who has continually gotten many, many opportunities because they just don't have that many pass catchers, so they're running a ton of 12 personnel there in Philly. A great matchup against the Giants. Um, so I think both Ertz and Godair are both, uh, you know, uh, are, you know, uh, Goddard are both in great spots. And, you know, Dallas Goddard really has been. He's been, he's been pretty solid. I mean, as a, you know, most teams, you know, have two tight ends. You just don't really see that that often. And hell, most teams don't even have one tight end, <laughs> two. But um, could you see yourself playing somebody, especially if like a Kyle Rudolph, depending on what happens with uh, Adam Thielen? I think if Adam Thielen's back, I wouldn't want any part of, of Kyle Rudolph. But I think the guys like Kyle Rudolph, Noah Fant, I guess maybe Jared Cook going against San Francisco, Jacob Hollister. Like I think there's a lot more. I think it's much more narrow this week at tight end than what we usually see on most weeks. Uh, this is one of those situations we talk about it every week whenever we're looking at at waiver options. But tight end is a position where you're just crossing your fingers and hoping for a touchdown. And as far as Rudolph goes, he has a touchdown in what five of his last six games. Something like that. With uh, he he obviously put up two touchdowns against Dallas, and he just keeps having those uh, back of the end zone one-handed grabs. So, I mean, you you can definitely do worse if you're looking for uh, you know a tight end dependent kind of boom or bust, boom or bust play there. Um, I was surprised Noah Fant wasn't wasn't more involved, especially with the uh, 
I mean, rookie quarterback targeting his narrative that, that we hear a lot. Um, I mean, if you're desperate, like maybe a Johnu Smith, he, he had that one game where he came out and kind of, kind of bald, but since then he's, he's fallen off the radar. Um, I mean, someone's probably, if we get, um, Evan Ingram and Rhett Ellison out again, did you play any Caden Smith in DFS last week? No, I pretty much played 100% to Tyler Higby. I mean, Caden Smith was was somebody who who had, who had a solid line, especially for somebody who I mean, he's probably only still at this point like two percent owned. Uh, last week against Green Bay, he put up six for seventy. So I mean, if obviously he's only in play if both of those tight ends are out, and that's what he's had the, for the past two weeks. So for sure. yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's. that's you are not upset about six for seventy whatsoever for a tight end no. ever. I mean, even even the week before, I think he only had seventeen yards, but he had a he had a touchdown. So I mean, as far as Higby goes, um, if we if we do get him without uh, Gerald Everett, uh, Seahawks are giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the tight end position, and Everett had himself a, a really solid game. Whenever they played earlier this year, uh, Everett went seven for one thirty-six. So again, that's I mean, even if he comes back, you got to figure he's going to be a, at least a little bit limited, especially with what they saw that that Hegby did last week. So I wouldn't be in a rush to play either of them if uh, if Everett is playing. But if if he's not, I think uh, Hegby is somebody that we could go back to yeah and if you have them and you know some of these other guys are gone like you know gasicki has been picked up you know uh goddard's gone you know some of those guys are already off the board ryan griffin then sure uh yeah i think you could definitely run it back with tyler higby again this week um you know the matchup is there opportunity is going to be there um so it's just tough because i think there's a lot of tight ends that are kind of in similar situations this week that um have changed things up you know especially with like a guy like austin hooper coming back who um, hopefully people uh, stashed because now, um, you know, this is the perfect time for him to come back because if you own him and you're in the playoffs, uh, you couldn't ask for a better time. Because like I said, he's still tied in five, I believe, uh, despite the fact that he's missed, I think, three straight weeks. So um, anyways, yeah, I think listen, I, I do like that call, though, um, with, with, with Tyler Higby. And I think a lot of people um, are going to be running out to add him this week that probably did not play him last week, which we talk about every week. But do you think, like, what are your thoughts on Vance McDonald, you know, especially for a team that does not want to run the or does not want to throw the ball very much? Um, it's, it's hard to imagine he's going to get how many opportunities he's really going to get. But w- where do you stand on someone like him? He, dude, he's, he's so hard to trust. Like, even if the Steelers were throwing the ball more, like, he just hasn't been able to get himself – you know that's cemented of a of a role in that offense, but it is the it is the flow chart. It is Arizona. Um, I mean, maybe with with Duck Hodges back there, the the Steelers are going to be more willing to to kind of just let him let him throw it down the down the field than they were with Mason Rudolph. But like I said, he's fifty percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, somebody uh, just looked up Higby. Higby is only eleven percent owned. I think even I think Noah Fant still might be uh, lesser owned across Yahoo leagues than than Vance McDonald. So 
I mean, I, I, I would, I think I'd rather take the chance on Noah Fant, even though obviously the the matchup uh, against the Texans. I think the Texans have been have been pretty solid against uh, against the tight end position. I think I'd, I think I'd still rather go with somebody like Kyle Rudolph or Noah Fant than I would with uh, than I would with Vance. He's just he's too hard to trust, and especially if Juju returns. This week, you know, I mean, that's obviously just going to take even more away from him. And he hasn't. Uh, so like last week, uh, three targets, 21 yards. Uh, sure. But I, I what, what I will say is if you kind of look at his numbers, um, I mean, he's only had two big games this year or really only two games over double digit, uh, double digit fantasy points. Week nine against Indy, he had 14 and he finished tight in seven. And then week two against Seattle. He went seven for 38 and two touchdowns. Um, finishes number three tight end, 22.8 that game. Um, but if you look, and, and most of it just basically kind of uh, correlates with what kind of game it is and where they stand. Because, uh, you know, last week they were – the things that are encouraging for him is his snap share. Uh, he's been playing at least he's – played, he's played at least 90% of the uh, snaps each of the last four games that he's played. Uh, he is still running uh, quite a bit of routes. Um, he ran 33 against uh, week 10 against the Rams. He ran 32 against Cleveland, 19 and then 17, which these last two games, they didn't really have to throw the ball very much because they kind of controlled the clock, controlled the game a little bit. Um, if you go back to the game against Cleveland where they trailed, uh, he did run 30. That's, you know, he ran 32 routes that week, had seven targets. Um, same thing against LA where they were behind seven targets and against Indy where they were behind seven targets. Um, games that are competitive that they have to, you know, kind of keep close are, are the games that you really want to target him, uh, just because of game flow. You know, if the Rams are, or if the, excuse me, the Rams, the, if the Cardinals are able to get up top, uh, you know, it's hard not to. I mean, we've seen the, the, the some of the tight ends that have went off against the Cardinals this year. You know, Ross Dwelly ha- had a monster game against them. Ross fucking Dwelly, you know, like <laughs> it's so. I think Vance McDonald's in play, especially for tight ends, and like I said, if if they're if the guys that, you know, if, if a Tyler Higby's out there, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably rather have Tyler Higby just because I think he has, I think it's a high, higher scoring game. I think it's a, a better game to, to target. So I, w- I would probably rather have Tyler Higby, uh, Vance McDonald. But I do think the Vance McDonald should be viewed as uh, a tight end one this week because of the matchup. Just just based off the matchup, he's, I mean, he's definitely in play. Like I said, I would just rather, I would rather play somebody like Fant, um, I mean, I'm Higby, Ryan Griffin. I would rather play uh, Dallas Goddard, even as the second tight end in that offense. I, I'd rather play. Like, I just, I, we just don't know what we're gonna have with with that Steelers offense yet. But I mean, if if that if he's your best option, then yeah, by all means, plug him in because there is <laughs> there is no better bet for a tight end to score a touchdown than against the Cardinals. I don't know. We'll have to see because it was weird because even last week for Noah Fant, like they were targeting Jeff Howerman far more than they were Noah Fant. Like Noah Fant only had um, he only had three targets last week. Did have one red zone op, uh, one one red zone, but he only ran seventeen routes, fifteen routes uh, the week before that. And with Drew Locke, like he just I don't know. Like it, you know they're obviously going to try to now the, the difference between last week though and this week I think that should be mentioned is the fact that they're going to have to throw the ball because you know the playing Houston I don't think that especially I believe this game is on the road in Houston so I do think that Houston's going to be able to kind of get up early and quickly on this in this game so I think game script is going to uh, be one where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more so 
I do think you kind of see, see him get back to you know running more routes, similar to what we kind of saw in Minnesota, uh, where he ran 35 routes, had 11 targets, uh, four for 60 in that game. So, and he has somebody that is explosive. You know, we saw the week before we had that 75-yard touchdown against Cleveland. So, but other, than, I mean, really, other than that, like he basically had the one game against Cleveland, and then he had the 9.3, which was okay against Minnesota. But you have to go all the way back to week four where he had 11.1, but that was off a touchdown. He had two for 31 and a, and a touch. Other than that, like he's been really pretty much non-existent this year. As always, just it's just an ugly, ugly position group. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's the tight end, yeah. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I think you could play him if you, if, you, if you absolutely had to, but I just, I would rather play a McDonald than him. I would rather play, you know, Higby than him. I would rather play like a Jacob Hollister or hell, I'd even rather play OJ Howard than him. I would probably rather play, I would definitely rather play Gasicki and Griffin and Rudolph um, over him. So I'm just not super high on Noah Fant myself. For reference, I have Noah Fant ranked at 18. You know, it's been a bad tight end year when you say, hell, I'd even play OJ Howard over. Over no, like that is that is the point that we are at. It's kind of crazy though to think about though with 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 OJ Howard because I mean the hype train was real. Oh yeah, he was he was routinely what the the fourth, fifth, sixth tight end taken this this year at the the beginning of the year, probably like a sixth round pick. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he was right there with uh, Hunter Henry. He was right there in that range. If we if we only knew now what we knew then. I know, printing all the money. Just wait until round 11 and take Austin Hooper, and then round 16 take Darren Waller for whenever Austin Hooper got hurt. I mean, I don't want to be like like humble brag, you know, because like no one wants to hear that. But like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's what we were hammering all offseason was the Austin Hoopers. Uh, just just forget everybody else and just draft draft off. Now there is something that said that he did get hurt for a couple of weeks, so. You know, but that doesn't matter. I mean, we were spot on with Austin Hooper. We we talked. I remember we talked about it all off season. Like, how in the fuck is Austin Hooper going in the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth round? Like the year before, he had what? What was it like seventy some receptions or something like that in last year? Like, there was no reason he ever should have been going that low ever. He should have been like the sixth, seventh tight end. Remember Vance McDonald. Now, of course, we didn't know that Big Ben was going to get hurt and everything else. Who knows how things would have turned out with this offense had Big Ben stayed healthy. That dude won. Big Ben, He hopefully he gets a nutritionist by the time next season comes because that dude looks rather large right now. He is, uh, he is now Big Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he's, you know, obviously can't play, but you'd think he'd at least try to, you know, you think he'd be rehabbing and stuff right now, right? Like, is he not rehabbing yet? I mean, hey, man, come on. That's that's the elbow he hurt. You, I mean, you definitely can't get on a treadmill or an elliptical whenever whenever your elbow's hurt. So let's let's take it easy on this professional athlete. That is true. That is true. The old Big Ben. But no, it, it's been a, it's been a fun year. I'm kind of looking forward to kind of doing the old rewind, kind of go back and uh, kind of look at some of our takes. Um, you know, obviously, you know, over the off season we had like Anthony, who's no longer on the pot. You know, with this, uh, he's doing his own thing, but. Um, we all had, you know, a bunch of takes and everything else, but I feel, I feel like I pretty much nailed my takes that I can remember outside of the David Johnson one. I will take, I will say that that did not work out. I, I still have it pinned. I think on my Twitter account at fancy route 13 that David Johnson is going to finish the tight end five, but I'm not going to take it down. I'm not going to be those people that run for my take that just because, but I, I, again, I'll just say this, that he was RB five prior to getting hurt and then it all 
I would really like to know. Hopefully they tell us at the end of the year what in the fuck is going on with David Johnson. Because it doesn't make any sense. And they don't even talk about it. They nothing. It's just like dead silence out of really? Your your uh your high paid running back is just over there chilling on the bench now and getting uh the scraps is just the cleanup running back after they're just getting their ass beat. Then he gets a few then then they throw him a few touches. I, I, I do not get it. Yeah, hopefully that's one of those things where at the end of the year, he was a lot more banged up than than what we knew, or maybe he just ends up, you know, getting traded so they don't have to have to eat that uh, eat that contract. Because when Kenyon Drake comes in, is what they gave up a, a fifth for him, and they're just that's wild, man. It's it's wild to see. Running back's gonna be really interesting next year because you're gonna have like Kevin. We were talking about Cream Hunt. More than likely, is gonna be a free agent. I mean, he is a free agent, but unless. I, mean, I can't imagine the Browns do something stupid and re-sign him, but they could. You never know. But if he, so, I think he'll be available. Melvin Gordon, if he doesn't return with the Chargers, which is a possibility, that so you have both of them that will be available. You have, I think, David Johnson very well possibly could be available next year and through trade or release. I don't think they're going to release. They own way too much money. That's too big of a cap hit. I think there's a better opportunity that they were to trade him. So maybe somebody like Tampa or Atlanta. Could you imagine him in Atlanta with Matt Ryan and that offense and all the pieces they have there? God, that would be sexy. They they spent, you know, among the offensive line. So that would be a good landing spot. But, you know, you have him. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to become available through trade. They clearly hate him. And so I think he's somebody that they look to maximize. And then you also have this rookie draft coming up with, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier with like DeAndre Swift, uh, what, Travis Etney, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Like there's a, a, some pretty solid backs coming in next year too. So, you know, I'm kind of interested to see kind of what happens because I think there's going to be a lot of movement among running backs next year. And I think that's going to be one of the things to really kind of, you know, plant your flag in next year on, you know, who's who you're going with because – I think we're going to have a lot of movement. Yeah, it's going to, like you you touched on, there's going to be a lot of incoming talent. There's going to be movement just among the guys who, who already have jobs and just going to be interesting to see what what teams are going to have the openings. Yeah, like Kansas City is 100%, no doubt about it, in the market for a running back. Like you can book it, take it to the bank, do whatever you want with it. There are... And, like, I know people are going to be wanting to probably, like, figure that they, they want to play. You know, you're going to hear people say, oh, they're going to try to trade for Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson or something like that. I don't see it happening because Pat Mahomes is entering that that uh, the year where he is going to break the bank. I, I wish he would be cool and just be like, you know, kind of like a Tom Brady move. Like, you know, I'm only going to take 20 so we can keep building this thing, but we know it's not going to happen. He is going to ask for that 40-plus million, and he rightfully so deserves it. So that's coming. So I, I think it's definitely through the draft i think you have a much better opportunity to see him that them go after one of these running backs that are through the draft that guy is going to <laughs> shoot up once that happens oh yeah for sure i mean that whatever running back kansas city spends you know even even in the second round with the with the amount of talent that's going to be coming in this draft uh you can you can expect that they'll be in the top two or three of every single rookie ranking list i mean obviously depending on all the other landing spots but yeah what whatever running back ends up in kansas city is is already a lock for a for a top two top three 
ranking list. No, for sure. I think that's it. Appreciate everybody and all the questions. We appreciate every single week. We all always are like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to wrap this up in an hour and a half, and here we are at two uh, over two hours. But we always want to try to answer all the questions. We appreciate you guys uh, watching and checking it out. If you guys could please hit that like button, that thumbs up. It helps us out and subscribe if you can. If you're on YouTube, it really helps us out. We're trying to do a lot of things like we've talked about multiple times. We got a lot of fun stuff. We're gonna try to do over the off season with draft, uh, doing some some profiles, some dynasty stuff. Um, yeah. Kind of breaking down all those guys. Maybe do a live NFL draft show, which would be a lot of fun. You know, and have a bunch of alcohol and drinks. Hey, just drink and watch the NFL draft to kind of break it down. What uh, what could go wrong there? I don't know. But um, anyways. Okay. And if, if you're into DFS and you want to check it out, we do do the DFS DJ Nation podcast. We'll be doing that one tomorrow night. Uh, that was a lot of fun. If you don't, if you never played DFS, check it out. Go in, throw in 20 bucks on DraftKings, FanDuel. Play really light. Have some fun with it. You know, if you kicked out of the playoff, because like, especially playoff DFS is a lot of fun. Playoff football is a lot because it's much more concentrated. It's easier to tell which where things are going. A couple little plays here and there could uh, make a big difference. So yeah. So like I said, go check that out there. We will be putting this out on the podcast uh, through whether it's Apple stitcher uh we're on spotify um pretty much everywhere where the podcast uh where we are on there as well we appreciate all we appreciate all the feedback and the comments and everything else and everything that you guys are doing we really appreciate it and last but not least if you want to join our slack chat we do have that going um as well and we already run dfs listener leagues uh, every single week and those been uh, have been fun you know with the uh, dynasty coming up we have a dynasty channel where you know if you want to jump in there and talk dynasty if you're in any dynasty leagues uh old hedge life cody's uh the big our big dynasty guy so uh, i'm sure he can help you out there for sure looking forward to it man so it's getting to be about that time we were talking about it uh before we started recording that it's it's a grind it's it's week 14 and as soon as that ends we're you know you you already messaged me asking about you know running backs coming in for the 2020 class man so it's gonna be fun and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it yeah it happens really quickly so anyways like i said i appreciate i appreciate everybody tuning in and checking it out please hit that like and subscribe and we will be back again next week to do the same thing um hopefully everybody gets that w um if you play dfs again check out the dfs dj nation but ho- let's get that w this week let's keep it moving and get them them championship win that championship money all right um have a have a great week and we will see you all again next week peace